Yesterday, four members and leaders of this parish gathered with other leaders and uh, members of congregations throughout Marin County at our deanery meeting at Christ Church Sausalito. And as we were going through the church there, the current rector there told the story about um, a predecessor of his who used to say Eucharist at Christ Church, and then he would hop into his rowboat and row over to Belvedere Island to the little mission church of St. Stephen's, where he would then preside. This was in the first half of the 20th century, when Belvedere was not connected to Tiburon, and the only way to get there was by boat. But a band of Episcopalians from Christ Church had gone over there and planted a church. Which brought to mind another story about a little band of Episcopalians from Christ Church Sausalito who came to a cow pasture on this side of 101, although 101 I don't think existed at the time, and planted a little church out in the middle of grazing land. And that, of course, was Church of Our Savior, and the year was 1892, and Mill Valley had just been incorporated as a town in the state of California. And if you go and look at the pictures, you see this little place out in the middle of a treeless pasture, sitting there unassumingly, presumably welcoming people for Sunday worship, gathering together. And here we are well over 120 years later. It's fascinating to note, in light of today's readings, how the Christian enterprise, if you will, that is, the life of faith in community, often hangs by what seems to be the barest of threads. And it begins with the passage from Acts where Paul and his companions are in a distant part of the Roman Empire and very far from their roots in Jerusalem. The Jewish diaspora only goes so far. And Paul has been appealing to people who were known as God-fearers they were faithful folk, Gentiles, who would sit in the periphery of the synagogue community. They were monotheists, but they were not Jews. And God had found in Paul a man who could reach this target audience, if you will, with the gospel. And so Paul has already narrowed his mission field quite considerably. There were not many of these folk around. But then he has this dream about crossing over to Macedonia. Now, if I were one of Paul's companions on that journey, I would say, Paul, you're crazy. Go home. The Jewish diaspora didn't get very far in Macedonia. What are you expecting to find there? Really? What's wonderful in the narrative at this point in the Luke-Acts arc is that the narrator suddenly moves to the first-person voice. You have the sense in which the author is now engaging in a travelogue and is talking about personal experience, 
traveling with Paul and Silas on this great, strange adventure. To draw the contrast even further, remember where Paul comes from. Paul used to be a persecutor of the church, and he had the authority of the religious authorities in Jerusalem behind him. He was no slouch. He was a known person. He was honored. He had the backing of the temple authorities to do what he had done to persecute the Christian church. And here he is now in a backwater of the Roman Empire spreading the Christian gospel and he has a dream about meeting a man who begs him to come over to Macedonia. He and his companions cross over to Macedonia, but they don't meet a man, they meet a woman. Down on the banks, not in a synagogue, quite by accident. And all we can glean from the story is she's the only one who listens to them and internalizes the message of the gospel and then gives them a place to set up shop. And the Church of Philippi is established. Guess what? It's the first Christian church we know of on the European continent. And it begins with this threadbare story these small choices and acts of faith that are as simple as rowing a rowboat out across the bay to Belvedere Island or coming to the middle of a field in the newly incorporated town of Mill Valley. How easily we forget that small choices matter. In fact, they are the only choices that matter because they are really the only choices where we have any power. And we make those choices day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment. The good news is that we don't make those choices alone. We are in the company of companions who are making those choices with us. And the promise is even deeper than that, and that is what we hear from John's Gospel today, and that is that God is dwelling with us. Jesus reminds his disciples in John's Gospel of this over and over again. As Eastertide bends towards the ascension, Jesus is telling us he is departing not to abandon us, but to make room for the coming of the Spirit. To be reminded that no matter where we are and what we are doing, God is our companion there with us. Always close at hand, ready to hear, ready to help us to make those small choices that the Christian enterprise, the life of faith, demands. Last week I joined the Marin Interfaith Council prayer breakfast over in Tiburon. We were meeting at Kol Shafar. Uh, 
beautiful new facility that the Jewish community in Tiburon has recently renovated. And we met there and we heard from three different faith traditions. We heard from the Sikh tradition, and we heard from the Islamic tradition, and we heard from the black church tradition. And one thread that connected them all for the hundred or so of us religious leaders gathered there was that all of them talked about a life of prayer in their various traditions as a way of engaging the reality of God's presence with us. As a way of disclosing God's abundant love that is always present. And that we are held close and dear even when things seem threadbare and when there are only a handful of us and when we are relying on things as tenuous and ephemeral as dreams to guide us. God is with us. And it's a message from religious leaders who recognize, as we all recognize, that somewhere around 4% of the population in Marin County attends any house of prayer on a regular basis. Even today, we are a minority. The religious enterprise, like the Christian enterprise, hangs by the barest thread, it seems. And yet our call is to be faithful. Not because we are extraordinary or because we have a cast-iron stomach that other people don't have or we're willing to deal with persecution. We're lucky to live in the age we live in, quite frankly. But because we know the love and presence of God for us, we are willing to gather together and cultivate that in community and share it with others. Because we have taken up the message that Jesus left his followers. And that is the good news. That God is always with us. We will never be alone. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorNV.org. That's O-U-R. S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for millvalley.org We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.